Fig Jam Podcast, Episode 4. Hello and welcome back to Fig Jam Podcast Episode 4. Today we're talking the FOMO curse. I'm your host, Catherine. And of course, FOMO, for those of you who don't always keep up with every acronym that's coming out at the moment, acronym is the word for when we shorten words, not adjective, like I said in my first recording of this episode. Um, The FOMO acronym stands for fear of missing out. Now, fear of missing out is something that I think millennials have really coined recently in relation to, you know, what does that actually mean? Well, we have a fear that we're going to miss out on something. And I think that this this fear has really happened a lot more recently in my experience than in my parents or even my grandparents' generation. Yeah, there was still like a want for wanting things and wanting to get things and wanting to be somewhere or be something. But it wasn't so much that they were afraid that they were going to miss out on something as much as it seems to be in this generation. So what I wanted to do in this episode is explore what FOMO is, I guess, and how it then translates into our mental health and how we then perpetuate that manifestation of FOMO in our lives. Because I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you're guilty of it. And it is absolutely a really challenging concept for us to try and, I guess, overcome, especially in the environment that we are all living and working in. So I wanted to start with fear of missing out is actually, according to a lot of the research I've done, um, rooted really in social anxiety. So it's rooted in you feeling like if you miss out on something, that there are going to be repercussions or I guess consequences within your social circles about what you have or have not done. So if you are able to attend an event or if you're able to attend a function and then your friends missed out, they might be experiencing FOMO. If you know that there's tickets sold out to a really popular event and you really wanted to go to that, um, you might feel like you're missing out. If all of your friends went to university and you didn't, you might feel a fear of missing out. And so it's really that feeling. So if you haven't experienced FOMO yet in your adult life, I really encourage you um, to not experience it, but it is absolutely that gnawing feeling in your stomach. You're feeling really anxious. Your heart starts to beat. You start overthinking about all of the things that could go wrong or that you're missing out on or how those opportunities are going to present for your friends or colleagues or peers. Um, And you then go into a bit of a spiral. So what your belief is, is that you are missing out on something that is going to be important to you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be a fun thing. It could be something related to work. It could be something related to um, like enjoyment or fun. It could be something related to study. It could be also that, you know, um, you are meant to be doing 
something with your family and you're, you're afraid you're going to miss out on that sort of thing. So it could be anything, um, anything that we want, essentially any wants that we have. If we, if something is happening that we're not involved with and we feel like we're missing out, that creates anxiety and us millennials have coined that term FOMO. So you really want to stay connected with what other people are doing. And this is really sits in a lot of the psychological literature at the moment around millennials want to want to be really involved with their colleagues and with their peers. We want to totally be involved in what everyone else is doing. We want to know what they're doing. We want to talk to them. We want to collaborate. We want to work together. In previous generations, this phenomenon, although it was present and, you know, people still worked as teams and effectively and were still nice to each other and nothing like that. But For millennials, there is much more of an emphasis on collaboration and much more emphasis on us being in each other's pockets versus in older generations, there is much more of a focus for them on being more independent, I guess, and not necessarily knowing the ins and outs of everyone's lives. And some research says that this is due to um, our parents were all working. So we were forced to have peer relationships from a younger age. So as opposed to our parents who would have um, had their parents at home with them for longer and were able to develop relationships with their siblings or cousins or parents or whoever and within their family group. In our generation, we had to do a lot of work in our peer group and have a lot of peer relationships Um, In that sense, the other argument from the literature is that we have a really big emphasis on social media. And now you've already heard me rant once about social media. But for those of you who missed out on that glorious piece of work, um, we will talk briefly about this. So I guess I have a real gripe. I love social media. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, the world of Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok just absolutely blow my mind. But When we're on social media, we never ever post the worst day. We never ever post the worst case scenario. So when we're posting on social media or we're commenting on social media or we're engaging on social media, all we're doing is pushing the positive story. So when we're talking about each other and talking to each other on social media, we're seeing that positive, like, look at me, I'm great. How good is my life story? So when we have people observing, and this is really, really poignant for our generation as millennials and those Gen Zs who are coming through after us, but growing up with this social media influence and we're looking at what is everyone else doing? How is everyone else doing it? What are they doing today? Oh, I can go look at what they're doing, even though I don't even talk to them. So we have lots and lots of ways to be able to look at each other and check in on each other without even talking to one another. And so part of what is a problematic in relation to FOMO is that you will be exposed to things, even not of your own choice, around how other people are doing and how other people are reacting and interacting in their environment, which may feel like you're missing out on things. So you might not even know an event is happening and you see a photo on Facebook and you see people all at this event having a great time. And all of a sudden you're hit with the social anxiety of, oh my God, I missed out on that. So that is key in understanding the backings of FOMO. I also want to point out that even though social media is 
one of the most problematic parts of FOMO and fear of missing out. It is also one of the ways that we actually find out about events and opportunities and connections that we otherwise wouldn't. So even though it is absolutely of detriment to be on social media in relation to FOMO, um, it also does help us know when we're doing things, what's going on, how to get there, how to, who to connect with, all of those sort of things. And so it actually does help us build opportunities and development, but be mindful that it is that, you know, best case scenario perspective. So it's not necessarily helping us in our mentality around how we understand ourselves and meeting that social anxiety need. Now, I do want to class here that social anxiety itself is a separate problematic problem. And today we're only talking about, um, FOMO. So FOMO manifests as a social anxiety, you know, an anxiety associated with social contexts. But we will cover social anxiety, I think, in another time because it is a really complex matter that has lots and lots of different rabbit holes we could go into. So looking at FOMO broadly at the moment, it's kind of where we're at. So how does FOMO or the social anxiety, I guess, associated with FOMO. How does it manifest? How does it look? What does it actually do to you? Because, you know, when things happen and you're thinking about things, it doesn't just happen as a one-stop shop or a one-case scenario. It absolutely is constant and there are detrimental effects and there are issues associated with it. And there are also benefits, I think, of FOMO as well, because we'll get to what all of that means. But I do want to highlight it's not all bad. We're not doom and gloom today. We are feeling a little bit preppy, but (laughs) there are some things we need to talk about. So FOMO comes from deficits in our psychological need satisfaction. What does that mean, Catherine? I know it's such big words, psychological need satisfaction. Well, what that means is you have psychological needs. Everyone does. They're shaped in a whole bunch of different ways, depending on which theorist you talk to at what time of day you talk to them. There's no way we can tell you exactly definitively what everyone's psychological needs are, but everyone does have psychological needs, whether that means that they need to be accepted, whether that means they need to be validated, whether that means they need to be left alone, um, all sorts of things can range in that psychological needs. Anything that meets their psychological feelings of safety or their psychological feelings of being stable, those are the things that would contribute to the psychological needs that people have. So when we talk about deficits in psychological needs satisfaction, what that means is that psychological needs are not being met. So you have values. And this is something that it took me a long time to wrap my head around. So bear with me. And if you really want, comment some stuff and I'll try and do another post around values and belief systems. But you all have values that have been shaped by your experiences. And those values aren't static. They will change as you have experiences and as you develop in your life. So they're not, they're absolutely not going to stay the same forever. So you will have values right now that are shaped based on your past experiences. And in 10, 20, 30 years time, you will have other experiences and that will shape your values as well. For example, right now, if you don't have a family, you might not have a value of family, but in 10 years time, you might, and that might shape your value there. So your values will shape your beliefs and your belief system. So based on your values, which 
might be different for all of you. So my, I have a value that of independence and that means that everyone I believe, so my value is independence, but my belief is that everyone has the right to self-determine their own outcomes in life. And when I work with clients in a social work life coaching context, it means that clients are the experts in their own lives. And I really believe that everyone is guaranteed that agency and that independence to make decisions for themselves. So that is a value I hold and that is a belief I hold. Now, what's really interesting about that is that when you're in context where those beliefs or values are challenged or when you're in a context where you need to evaluate a decision and you do that objectively, people often don't do that objectively. And so when we're looking at FOMO, for example, sorry, I'm just going to backtrack back to FOMO away from values and beliefs. When we go back to FOMO, if you have a value and a belief that is being compromised by the things you're seeing on social media or the things you're aware of that are happening in a social construct, you are going to feel pretty crap. You're going to feel like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be around this. This isn't for me. I don't like it. So I think it's really important to recognize that when it's manifesting for you, when FOMO is manifesting, it's going to be aligned deep down in your values and beliefs. It's not going to be just pitched out of nowhere, um, coming out of nowhere. Um, It's going to be cemented in your values and beliefs. And that's where this anxiety stems from because that compromise in your values, if you can't recognize that, you're just going to feel like something's wrong and you can't identify it. And that's really scary. And that triggers a lot of those anxious feelings that you experience as a part of this FOMO experience. And, you know, cognitive behavioral therapists would start to argue that we would have a cognitive distortion, that I believe that people should a cognitive distortion or belief that I think that people should invite me places or invite me to events or let me come along to things because I'm a nice person or I'm a good person. And the inaction of that validates that you, that that is not true. And that really grates on your self-esteem and self-worth. So be really mindful that your own beliefs shape how you perceive a situation and then also how you react and a lot of the time if it's a social situation you are going to react in a way that instigates FOMO with you which we know right now is going to be an alternative version of social anxiety so when we talk about FOMO we also what's often referenced quite a lot is self-determination theory. So if you went and chucked in a Google search, fear of missing out, um, FOMO, whatever, you would also find self-determination theory because what self-determination theory links to is psychological satisfaction. So as we already know, um, FOMO relates to deficits in that psychological satisfaction. So the self-determination theory, um, contends that an individual's psychological satisfaction in their own competence, autonomy, and relatedness is the three basic psychological needs. So that you have needs of feeling autonomous, um, feeling competent, and feeling related. So you want to have relational exposure, you want to have autonomy over what you're doing and you want to feel competent about what you are doing as well. So be mindful that that is kind of the underpinning of why FOMO 
is determined to contribute to anxiety because if you are feeling FOMO, you obviously are feeling anxious that you either aren't competent, aren't being given autonomy or aren't being included relationally. And those are the underpinning concepts for psychological satisfaction, which impinge on the FOMO idea. So when they ran tests for self-determination theory, because obviously FOMO is a relatively new concept, self-determination theory has been around for a lot longer. Um, so it has been tested wide, more widely, I should say, than um, other models. So people who had lower levels of basic psychological satisfaction had higher levels of FOMO. So the two are absolutely correlated and be really mindful that that means that if you have lower levels of your psychological satisfaction in relation to those three areas and those three areas, again, were competence, autonomy, and relatedness, if you have low levels in them, you are likely to have higher levels of FOMO and that can be triggered by a social event occurring that you feel like you're missing out on. So just to be really clear around this, self-determination theory relates to all contexts of life, not just social constructs, not just individual relational um, interactions. It relates to everything versus FOMO relates purely to social situations and social constructs. All right. So are you a victim of FOMO? Good question to ask yourself based on what we just talked about, because if you say yes, that would be admitting that you have a deficit in your personal satisfaction complex. So um, it is a really hard thing to wrap your head around. I can guarantee you that I've had instances where I felt FOMO um, for different events and I felt anxious about what I was missing out on or anxious about what I wasn't doing or anxious about where I was going to be or how I was going to get somewhere. So absolutely, I've had instances of of FOMO. And I would also pretty confidently say that you have too. And that's okay. (laughs) The problem that you and I both face in our modern world is that there is so much focus on attention and recognition and validation. We are not trained as human beings to operate on our own independently. We're trained to operate in a group. But the way that our current society is structured and the way that we engage with social media leads us to perceive that we need that positive attention and positive validation to be able to be contributing positive members of society. So if we're not doing that and we're not being that, it makes us feel as if we're not worthy. And so then we feel the fear of missing out. Uh, how We're missing out on not being a contributing member to society. We're missing out on those positive experiences and that positive growth that we could be getting. So I would be saying, yes, you are a victim of FOMO and that's okay because that's not a symptom of you necessarily, but that's a symptom of our society. Being aware of FOMO in its sense, in itself, sorry, is absolutely where we start with working out how we meet those needs of addressing FOMO as an isolated topic and also how we move forward, engaging other people, engaging how we then interact with those other people. Because being able to master and control 
the FOMO curse is your first step to being able to control your own emotions and reactions to things. Because imagine if you could say to yourself, hey, it's okay that I'm not there right now because I have other priorities that I need to meet for myself and putting yourself as the priority. Because there is a lot of us who will people please or who will try and help others because we feel like that's our calling and we're not doing right by ourselves. And then because we feel this FOMO, we are overexerting ourselves. We're emptying our cups. We're not doing right by what we need. And so that's actually being of detriment to our own mental health. So keep that one in mind when you're thinking about, oh my God, I have FOMO and that's a bad thing. Yeah, look, it is, but do some bit of a self-reflection as to why you feel that fear of missing out. And if it is as a result of, oh, I'm going to miss out because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that is a bummer. Like absolutely is a bummer. But if you're doing it to prioritize yourself, that's okay as well. If you do need any help in understanding more about um, FOMO or FOMO curse or any of that psychological jargon that I just pitched out there, please do contact me because I know that that was a really psychologically heavy session that I just delivered around that sort of thing. And sometimes that can be really confusing. Um, But please ask yourself the question and reflect on if you are a victim of FOMO, how are you and why? are you? Because those, the how and the why will help you understand how you can move forward and how you, like whether or not it's helpful to your life, whether or not it's unhelpful to your life and recognizing it is the absolute first step before moving forward. So that is a really powerful place to start. And if you need any help, by all means, shoot me a message. Happy to have a chat if you need. So I do have one last little discussion topic um, before we end today, and it is how to stop being a victim of the FOMO curse. So I'm a victim of the FOMO curse, hand on heart, I absolutely am, Um, and I am yet to find a tried and true, always successful cure for not being the victim. So if you have one, by all means please let me know because I would really love to get on board. But I guess one of the things that I do myself that really helps me when I feel like that is practicing gratitude. So being grateful for the opportunities and experiences that I do have because you are never ever in a situation where you don't have those opportunities for growth and development. Um, And then also finding real ways to generate happiness and success. So finding those times in your day or in your week where you can celebrate your happiness and celebrate your experiences can be really helpful to you um, moving forward and recognizing where the FOMO curse is protruding into your life. I also want to leave on a final note of just saying that social anxiety is okay and it does happen to a lot of people. Um, It doesn't need to always happen to you though and if you're not already engaging in some kind of self-help or therapy type help by all means please reach out. We can connect you with some people who could be really helpful um, for your own 
development um, and your own safety and security as well because I know how crappy that feels when you feel really anxious and yucky all the time. Um, so by all means, I'm not saying that it's not okay to feel socially anxious because all of us do sometimes, um, but do reach out if you do need any support in that area. That's all from me this week, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to our FOMO, FOMO curse episode of our Fig Jam podcast in the Focus You series. Um, and I hope to see you all very soon.